Hello and welcome back to a very special episode of This Film is Lit. Our theater finally got The Shape of Water, so we finally got to see it about a month after it came out. We thought it warranted a special episode. It's a movie by one of our favorite directors. And it's right up our alley. So, we're going to do a little review on it. We'll go spoiler-free as long as possible. Probably about five or six minutes. And then we're going to have to get into spoilers to really talk about some of the things that we really liked about the movie. But let's get right into it. Katie, what did you think of The Shape of Water? It was exactly what I was expecting and more. Mm-hmm. It was magnificent. I agree. I, like I said last night after we walked out, I went in expecting to love it, and I came out adoring it. Ended up adoring it, so <laughs> that's good. Um, no, I thought it was amazing. Uh, it it does, in fact, I think, jump to the top of my list for 2017. I think it's my favorite movie. I think. It's very reminiscent of one of your favorite movies. I mean, it's one of my favorite movies of 2017. Yeah. Yeah, of one of my favorite movies of 2017. Or just one of my no, favorite movies. Oh, uh, and I assume you're speaking of, we'll get into it later, but Amelie. Yeah. Yeah, my favorite movie. Uh, that I described it, uh, I think you can describe it. I couldn't come up with a third movie, but it's Amelie meets Pan's Labyrinth meets like Hellboy. Creature from the Black Lagoon. Yeah, Creature from the Black Lagoon. <laughs> Perfect. That's exactly right. And yes, Amelie's one of my favorite, not one of, it is my favorite movie. Uh, A lot of similar notes, the music, the score was very reminiscent to me, that sort of whimsical French Mm -hmm. piano, classical, there was lots of jazz, not lots of jazz, but some jazz, you know, kind of like... There was a lot of classic, like, 1930s... um, Almost like show tunes, not show tunes, but kind of like big bandy type stuff. Um, The Alexandre Desplat, he won the... Golden Globe for Best Original Score. He's nominated Mm -hmm. for an Oscar for Best Original Score. Uh, I'm betting he'll win. uh, Yeah. Because it's really good. Uh, I immediately went out, and I'm really sad that it doesn't exist, which is insane to me. I immediately last night looked for the soundtrack on vinyl. Uh Uh-huh. And it doesn't exist, at least not yet, which is nuts to me for a movie (laughs) like this. Because it's like the soundtrack you would want. It's like the kind of soundtrack you would definitely want on vinyl. Mm-hmm. I mean, she play all the shits played on vinyl in the movie. Like you know what I mean? It's just yeah. the. It makes sense. It's weird to me that I was like, I was sure it would be real easy to find Barnes and Noble twenty bucks, whatever. You know, like I was sure. I not yet. I'm sure it'll come out, but yeah. So yeah, a lot like Amelie. Uh, it ha- it's it is a very definitely uh, a modern day fairy tale. A modern. Fairy tale, yes. as it were. Um, elements of Beauty and the Beast, kind of, you know, that sort of relationship, kind right, of, yeah. or at least inspirations of. Uh, and I, I, I shouldn't wax on about that. That would be your department. <laughs> um, but yes, definitely a modern st- uh, storyteller or fairy tale. And I think the way, the best ways that it encapsulates that, which we'll get into once we get a little more into spoilers, is sort of the uh, the many messages throughout. I say many as in plural, not many, like small uh, messages that it, it hits on throughout the course of the movie, including some of the main central themes, um, are very relevant to our time oh, right yes. now. This is a very timely It's a very timely film. fairy tale uh, where instead of ta- telling little girls t- uh, how to get used to arranged marriages, it's <laughs> teaching us about uh, 
uh, relationships and sexuality and all that kind of stuff. Um, so very timely, which uh, was I thought was fantastic. I don't think this is a spoiler. It's one of my first points, and I'll see if you agree. I, I, I don't want to speak out of turn as the man on this podcast. But to me, it struck me as one of the one of the more, and, and Amelie is similar, actually, which is funnily enough. I, there's no way he wasn't vaguely inspired by Amelie. No way. I mean, everything Guillermo del Toro does is, like, everything's a remix, but everything Guillermo del Toro does is, like, a super remix yeah. of like all of his favorite things rolled and smolded up into one piece. But uh, I thought it was a, a really interesting um, uh, without being in your face about it portrayal of female sexuality. And I don't think oh, that yeah. gets into a spoilers really yet. Just it, like even right off from the top, just her sexuality is just a part of her life. It's something she's into. Yeah, it's a part of her daily routine. It's part of her daily t- routine, uh, and it's something she's very much uh, in in touch with and is into. Um, and it's just sort of matter of fact, and it's not. It's never seen. None of the characters ever see it as weird. Mm-hmm. No, nobody else ever reacts to it weirdly. You know, it's just like, yeah, it's just she, of course, like that's a thing. <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're people too. Women are people too, guys. Um, so that was really interesting. And I as of the, I, I, there, I'm sure there are tons of movies that have really amazing uh sort of representations of that i don't know about tons no you're not tons i'm sure there are plenty and i just haven't seen a lot of them but uh is up there maybe the best one of the better especially for uh the type of character she is mm-hmm. because it's there are movies that do it with sort of your uh almost manic pixie type characters yeah that are that are in touch with their sexuality but it's to to benefit Usually not to benefit somebody else, but um, it's 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 only in relation to somebody else. Whereas for her, it seems like her sexuality is very much her own thing. It's for right, her. Yeah. It's not like when I was talking about like manic pixie. There's a lot of times where um, a, a uh, like the guy falls in love with the girl who's very in touch with her sexuality, and it's not seen as a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But we only care in relation to the guy. No, that, yeah, you know I what, what I mean. Talking about so. I thought that was interesting and 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 pretty cool, especially from a. I mean, Guillermo del Toro uh, as a man directing it, and writing it. Um, I think I think you know, it was written by a, him and a woman. Mm-hmm. The story was by I think it was a woman. maybe not. I don't know. I can't remember now because the person who did the novelization of the movie is a man, and it doesn't matter. This isn't spoilery. Richard Jenkins is a delight. Yes, he is. Uh, he plays her best friend, her neighbor, in the movie. Um, Thought he was fantastic. He is nominated for uh, Best Supporting Actor. Oh, good. She's nominated for Best Actress. Uh, Octavia Spencer is nominated for Best Supporting Actress. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, I guess they just couldn't nominate because Michael Shannon, I could have seen him being nominated for oh, oh, yeah. the Best Supporting Actor. Phenomenal. Everybody's amazing. The the uh, the the doctor, the mm-hmm. scientist is, is fantastic. Yeah. I've seen him in something else. I feel like he was in a Marvel movie. Playing like a scientist or something. I might be. He wasn't in the first Captain. That's America, what I was thinking. Was I was thinking he might have been in the first Captain America. Or does he just look like something? Maybe who was I don't know. I have to look Captain it up. America. But I could have swore he was the guy in the, like one of the like yeah like the first Captain America or something. I don't know. Uh, yeah, but uh, he's amazing. Um, but Richard Jenkins is really interesting character progression and character arc, uh, which we'll talk about. And it's actually one of my only negatives in the film. A little bit with that, mm-hmm. uh, which we'll get into with spoilers. Uh, but <laughs> with the whole thing with Kevin Spacey, there were moments 
uh, with with all the nonsense going on Kevin Spacey and we're just getting rid of him from everything rightfully but I was like just everything you're gonna cast Kevin Spacey in just cast Richard Jenkins in because there was moments where especially when he's wearing the wig where he looked and reminded me like his mannerisms reminded me of Kevin Spacey a little bit and I was like he doesn't seem like an asshole just let him do all of those (laughs) (laughs) he's fantastic He's a great actor, and he's not in enough stuff. He's been in plenty of stuff, but and he's he's showing up in more and more these days. But I, yeah, I thought he was he was fantastic. Uh, one more thing before we get into spoilers uh, is the art design or the set design, the production mm-hmm. design is just in every Guillermo del Toro film is gorgeous. It's gorgeous. always shot gorgeous. Um, the design is always gorgeous. Very rich, very yeah. lived in. It yeah. looks real. Yeah, my note was that it. It's it's it so perfectly captures the whimsy of uh of a fairy tale set in a magical old ye olden times, mm-hmm. but translates that perfectly into Cold War era, where yeah. it still looks that same sort of whimsical, magical, bordering on not real. Like nobody actually has apartments that look like that. Like with the not, mm-hmm. I say I don't say nobody, but like the uh, his are uh, the artist guy's apartment, her neighbor's apartment with all the bookshelves. It's like so perfectly, meticulously like quaint. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if that makes sense, that it's nobody. Very few people actually have apartments like that, but it works so perfectly in this sort of over the top fairy tale narrative. Yeah, it's got that whimsy. And it's almost like like realness taken up to eleven. Yeah, like nobody has that cluttered and cozy and quaint of right. an apartment. There are cluttered, cozy, quaint apartments, right. but this just like cranks the notch and up. then dials the saturation yeah. way up and back at the same time, where it's way saturated, but it's also the color palette is always very um, distinct for each location mm-hmm. to an extent. Like the lab is very blue greenish their apartments are blue but also kind of have like the warmer oranges and yeah um to make them feel a little warmer than the lab but just gorgeous it is not i'm pretty sure it's nominated for whatever that's called art direction i Mm -hmm. believe whatever the oscar is for that it's nominated for like 15 oscars or 11 oscars which is unsurprising because it's yeah it was fantastic so i think i think it's about time to get into some spoiler discussion Final feelings before we get there. We did pretty good. Talked about ten minutes um, before we hit spoilers. It. Uh, I can't recommend it enough. Like I said, it already jumped to the top of my 2017 list. It overtook um, Baby Driver for me. Yeah, I. Yeah, I can't recommend it enough either. <laughs> yeah, I, I, then I think our theater gave it to us begrudgingly. Yeah, because one of our friends, uh, <laughs> Mr. Rodney was on their Facebook page pestering them constantly. Yeah, I'm like 99% sure they got it just to shut up, Rodney. Yeah, uh, yeah. And so we get it. It's it's. I, I just randomly went to our, our our theater's page, and it was like a 4 o'clock showing and a 9.30 showing. I'm like, well, <laughs> I don't get off work until 6, so I <laughs> guess we're going to the 9.30. Uh, but it was, pretty, it was a pretty good turnout for the... Yeah. It was like the second show. Tuesday was the first day it showed mm-hmm. in our theater, so this is the only second showing there, and it was half full theater, so, you know, hopefully they enough people go I, yeah. that it stays for a while, because I honestly wouldn't be necessarily against... I know there's a lot of stuff coming out, but I wouldn't necessarily be against going to see it again. So, yeah, I, A plus for me. A plus movie. 100%. Uh, not 100%. I have a couple nitpicks, but still an A plus movie. So let's get into spoilers and really break this down for a little bit.
my one minor nitpick, just to get into that first off before we get anything, is that I felt like as much as I liked the character progression, character arc of uh, the neighbor, what is his name? Richard Jenkins' character. I yeah. can't remember his name. His actual turning point in the middle or, or before they steal the Abe Sapien, um, mm-hmm. the creature, it happens in a matter of two se- like five minutes of screen time where he's like yelling at her, no, I won't help you, leaves, a thing happens to him, and he comes back and he's like, let's do it. And it was just a little like... Yeah, I almost wonder if there was a scene that got cut. Or something, or yeah... Um, it just, it felt a little like, well, well, all right, now he's in. Like, just a little like, woo, zip, 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 zip. Um, and now it was a very poignant scene that caused him. Like, it was a very, uh, impactful moment that occurred to him when he mm-hmm. goes to the diner and, the and, and is like spurned by the, the handsome pie guy. Yeah. And, and then he, the guy's like being an asshole to the black people. And so it's a very, you know, impactful moment. It's not like a minor thing. He doesn't just want to out on a whim change his mind. But I just thought it was, like, a little, like, crammed into... If those scenes had just been spread out a little more, it would have felt more natural. Yeah. It just felt a little weird. And some of his dialogue at early in the movie felt a little... Mm. Actually, there's a fair amount of dialogue in this whole movie that felt a little on the nose to me. But I was able to forgive it because I think it, it was definitely on purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, for the story they're telling and for these sort of archetypal... Especially like Michael Shannon, there's some moments where he he's so overly bad guy, yeah, where it feels like a little silly, but then at the same time, I'm like, but yeah, like he's he's an over the top fairy tale villain, like he has the cackly I'm an evil man lines like that's his thing. Yeah, so he's, he's the evil king. Yeah, so it just I like it, it like uh, it, first moment I was like, uh, and then once I let my just accept it and like, yeah, that's the point. Like that's what they're going for. Is that it's not an accident that his lines are like, "I'm a man. I'll fuck. I'll do what I want. Fuck dick. Fuck fuck." Like <laughs> after you get past, that, I was like, all right, I get it. I get what they're going for here. But speaking of Richard Jenkins' character arc, I thought one of the things that was really interesting. And one of the poignant, uh, not poignant, um, timely themes that the thing hit, that the movie hits on is, uh, and I think there's a couple ways to read this. I'd be interested to see if you took it the same way I did. Early in the film, uh, Richard Jenkins' character is a gay man. Mm-hmm. Early in the film, him and Eliza are sitting in his apartment and they have the TV on. And this is, again, during the 60s, mm-hmm. I assume, it seems like. Uh, and it's like the uh, race riots are going on. I like to, I don't know Detroit or somewhere. Yeah. Um, and it's like footage of, of uh, African Americans being like sprayed by hoses or something. And he goes, Ah, turn that off. I don't. And now you could take it as just he just he doesn't want to. It's just a bummer. But at the same time, to me, it felt a little like he said like tur- the way he said it was like turn that turn that off. I don't. It felt a little dismissive and like sort of not. Um, he's sort of like was hiding and uninterested in this this other injustice going on despite the fact that he's a gay man in the 60s. Yeah, I think you can definitely read it that way. And that's how I took it and then I cuz the reason that worked for me was that and then ultimately the thing that makes him that changes him and that it's pushes him on the path of helping Eliza is um that scene in the pie shop 
where mm-hmm. he sort of sees in the moment where the pie owner not only spurns his advances and is like, get the fuck out of here, and you know, you're not welcome. Yeah. Like, this is a family establishment. And then immediately goes and, like, tells the black people they can't sit at the counter. Yeah. Or whatever. I think it kind of in him, at that moment, he sees that it's this, their stuff, it's, it's, it was wrong of him to distinguish between this sort of, distinguish between their injustice and to, like, not, to be uninterested in that injustice because it doesn't affect him. Mm-hmm. But then as soon as it, and now you could say it's almost kind of selfish, which maybe, um, but as soon as it affects, he sees it reflected and affecting him in, in the same person. Yeah. Uh, he's much more sympathetic suddenly to that, that plight and, See, and the plight of other people. I didn't read it as him being like uninterested or unsympathetic. I read it more as like he was in a bubble of safety. Yeah. That's and he the same liked thing. the bubble of safety. Same thing. Yeah, or sorry, not same thing, but that's, yes, that's kind yeah. of the idea I was going for. Yeah. Where it's, it's easier to just be ignorant to it. Right. Than it is to acknowledge it. Um, and, and, and I think that's a very, uh, like I said, a very timely no, definitely. Uh, message. And so I thought that was interesting. And to have that, that sort of uh, realization happen to an already uh, marginalized mm-hmm. uh, minority, I thought was a was was kind of cool. Another thing I really liked that I wanted to talk about, uh, and and it's, again, we're just kind of touching on all the themes here, and they're spoilery ish. Uh, is the obviously this main movie, the main thing of the movie hinges around a relationship between a woman, a human woman, and a some sort a, of amphibious, a frog lizard man, amphibious thing. man, Abe Sapien from Hellboy, and. It's it's very. I thought what was really interesting about it is that it's very. It challenges your perceptions, obviously, of what uh, a relation of what relationships can be, what uh, sexuality is, mm-hmm. the sort of amorphous thing. But it not only it's easy to do that with people who are easily or who have a very narrow definition of those things, man, right. woman. Man is with woman, woman is with man, that's it. Mm-hmm. That's very easy to challenge that. It's fairly easy to challenge the, uh, somebody with that opinion. But to be able to do that to people who are uh, have more hashtag woke, um, <laughs> we're both very uh, accepting of, uh, of you know uh, multiple different gender expressions and different types of relationships and, mm-hmm. and, and sexuality and that sort of stuff. Um, but even still, seeing a woman with a fish man is arresting. It's a little It's weird. jarring at first. It's jarring at first. And I thought that was a really interesting experience to have in, the, in, in watching the movie. Yeah. And to feel that in myself. And then to challenge in my own head why I was feeling that way. And then try to figure out whether or not... I, I I thought that was the right, like, okay to feel that way. And mm-hmm. ultimately, you I mean, if you're not an asshole, you decide no. But, like, or that it's not okay, to, that, that, that your reservations are ill-placed or not, uh-huh. you know. And I think that's a really clever vehicle for that sort of uh, storytelling and a really interesting way to do that. Uh, and and, it, and it, I think it's interesting and fun because it, I say fun, it cha- like I said, it challenges people like us yeah. to kind of think about how they think about that stuff. Whereas if you just showed me, uh, if it was just her and she was saving a, a girl or whatever, you know, and they were like 
together. Yeah. I, that you know, that's not challenging to us. Sure, it might be challenging to Joe Blow down the street, but like to me, I'm like, yeah, it's fine, <laughs> cool. But then to take that a step further and make even people down with that go, okay, well, so the only things that matter are, uh, you know, consent, uh, mm-hmm. the ability to consent. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and the ability to consent requires, you know, some sort of higher f- cognitive functioning level of without getting into a crazy discussion about, <laughs> you know, what it means to be able yeah. to consent, consent. Um, it was very obvious in the movie that this, that the, 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 they haven't even called it anything. I don't even have a name that Abe Sapien is absolutely uh, reciprocal in the feelings and is able to understand their relationship. Mm-hmm. And it's not, you know, right. It's not like he's like an animal and it's no. like a weird bestiality. Thing. Right. That was, was, that's what was interesting to me is that you could actually, you do initially get that feeling of this weird, uh, that, that yeah. weird initial, like, bestiality type of like like uh, yeah. off-puttingness but the longer it goes on and the more you see their relationship the more you you know and, and, uh it doesn't feel that way and another thing i think is interesting is that it's also so not only did i say does it challenge people like us who are totally you know cool whatever it's also kind of a an interesting way to challenge people who who have that narrow view mm-hmm. without them realizing it maybe yeah whereas if you if whereas <sighs> when it's not something so overtly now it's it's a little different but if it's not so overtly like a man and a man or a man a woman and a woman or, or you know a non-binary person and a, yeah. a transgender person whatever that when it's not something that they experience in the real world or see in the real world or mm-hmm. see on twitter or whatever that makes them really angry um that they maybe their defenses don't go up quite as quickly and then they can go on that same journey that we go on with maybe. this, maybe I'm hoping, maybe <laughs> you know, and maybe not. I don't know. Maybe yeah. they're even just in, you know, Hard they don't go say. that extra layer of, like we do of understanding the ideas of consent and, and if there's anything that fucking those people don't understand, it's like ideas of consent and stuff. So I'm not holding out a lot of hope, but I'm just saying, <laughs> <laughs> um, then maybe you know, maybe putting it in that sort of alien bend on it, uh, yeah. kind of keeps them keeps that crowd from having their initial defenses go up. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Probably not. I would guess not. Fingers crossed. Because, I mean, the, I would guess not mainly because if I if we feel that sort of initial, like, uh, unease, there's no way everybody does, you know, that mm-hmm. that Joe Blow down the street who thinks man is man, woman is woman, and only man, you know, that yeah. sort of thing. There's no way that person doesn't feel the same thing tenfold, I would think. I don't know. But who knows? Um, and then I would just wonder if they would be able to work past it. Probably not. But maybe they could. Maybe the movie does a good enough job that, that would allow them to work past it and maybe reanalyze how they feel about I'm, again, <laughs> pipe dreams here. <laughs> Trying to give Gil Del Toro a lot of credit. But So, yeah, I thought that was really interesting. The, uh, just challenging what is gender, what is identity, what are relationships, what is sexuality in such a sort of fun way <laughs> it was cool I, yeah. I really enjoyed that fun about and it. unexpected yeah yeah i really wasn't expecting that to be sort of the i guess i don't know why. i i i only saw like one trailer and i was yeah. like i'm in i don't need to see anything else so i wasn't really like didn't really yeah. know what to expect in terms of where the story was gonna go i was avoiding trailers yeah. after that first one because i didn't want it spoiled yeah. but yeah i wasn't expecting 
the portrayal and discussion of sexuality no, that was in this movie. not at all. I'm it, glad for it. Yeah, me too. But I wasn't expecting it. I really wasn't. It really took me off guard initially when she first <laughs> gets in the tub in the morning and starts rubbing one out. I was like, oh, all right, well, <laughs> didn't know that's what this kind of, I didn't realize it was that kind of movie. Um, but no, yeah, it was, really, it, was, it was unexpected, but very welcome. It was cool. Another thing I want to talk about, which is, a, I think, a rare thing. Uh, and if you please chime in when I feel like I'm commandeering this conversation, <laughs> I I did have a lot of notes, and so I'm kind of going off notes, and you're just chiming. No, in. I know, and I and I've been sick, and my throat's yeah. a little scratchy. Okay, well, so. I just I don't want people to feel no, like I'm... mad at me that I'm like owning <laughs> this conversation. I just felt a lot of things to say. Another thing that I thought was really interesting and really enjoyed, uh, and Guillermo del Toro is pretty good about this and all of his stuff. In a movie like this, it's very easy for the scientists to be the bad guys. Totally. I'm a big science nerd, big fan of science. Um, like, I, I think it's uh, amazing. It blows my mind all the time. And, and I think a lot of people have a mistrust for science. It's deeply misplaced uh, because they don't understand what, air quotes, science is. And so I really enjoyed a movie where the two things that were the good things in the movie... Obviously, uh, Eliza and her um, relationship with him and their mm-hmm. their connect their human connection, uh, the love between them. Obviously, is like one of the good things. You know, that was the that was the easy stuff. Like that's the movie was going to yeah. tell you this is a good thing. But it's very easy for that on the flip side to go. And these scientists, these evil scientists, just want to be. Yeah, they just want to cut it up. Cold and personal. They don't care. Yeah, yeah. Evil scientists. Oh, I love so much that that was not the case. The scientist was the other good guy. Yeah, no, he totally was. Um, he was a fucking Russian, but he was a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> and I really love that marriage of. Uh, the idea that it's it's science and love that are good. It's military. It's it's power. It's greed. It's men. It's, yeah. Um. But the, but I, there's lots of good men in the movie too. Then, so yeah. Yeah. I mean, like her friend, uh, the the the, the scientist. It's it's not men. It's the it's, patriarchy. It's, it's toxic masculinity. To coin it's, a phrase. It's military. It's power. It's yeah. greed. Uh, all of those sort of toxic masculine traits um and and you know i i though i kind of liked that he was a russian yeah i did too i agree because i I felt like we avoided that other obvious dichotomy of america good russia bad yes i absolutely i was joking when i said he was a russian (laughs) um i actually love that i think that was the you had not had to but that the fact that he was a russian just added to the the idea that it, it, it was it, and, and and he voiced it so beautifully in the movie uh, when they're, they're going to vivisect the mm-hmm. thing or whatever because they want to figure out how it breathes so that they can use the use it somehow to make to go space to suits space. or whatever. Yeah. Which, I don't know, that, I mean, minor gripe. I'm not sure that really makes any sense, but sure. Which is probably the point. But uh, <laughs> I love he goes in there and the guy's like, look, and Michael Shannon's like, hey, you lost. Are you here to like... Are you here because you're mad that you lost or whatever? He goes, no, I'm here because I want to stop. Uh, I, I can't remember how he says it, but he goes, because I, I want to stop this the this creature that, you know, like this amazing creature from being destroyed because I want to learn about it. Like, he's like, I yeah. just want to learn about it. He's just so desperately on the side of, of, of learning. And, and it's just really refreshing to see a movie where science ends up being on the side of knowledge and truth and love. And not on the side of, like, <laughs> the evil people. It was just like, ugh. I was just, like I said, as somebody who's a 
loves science, lots reads lots of science books, was going to be a chemist. Um, as a great respect for science, and that sounds really pretentious, but <laughs> it was very refreshing. I'll just say because a lot of t- it's always in movies. It's always scientists are always on the bad guy's side. They don't give a shit. It's easy. It's easy. And I th- I thought this was e- not you know it was a, a fun and and mm, smart way to go in a, in the, in the current climate. The thing we don't need is people not liking scientists. Yeah. So another A plus <laughs> point there, Del Toro. That was most of my stuff. Uh, the big things that stuck out to me that really affected me watching the movie, uh, apart from just having like a smile on my face the whole time, just <laughs> so many times where it was just like, oh, this is delightful. I love this. This is so nice. I liked the ending. Talk about yeah. the ending a little bit. The ending was one of those ones where it's like, how, you know, you could go a couple ways and I'm I not sure. I was genuinely concerned at the end. Were you? Because I've seen. Guillermo del Toro movies. Oh, they're not always so happy. Yeah, they're not always so. I was like, I was genuinely concerned. And I don't think there's I was even like, what's going to happen. Yeah. So, uh, as if you're listening to this, you've probably seen the movie. I would hope so. Otherwise, if we, and we didn't do a lot of spoilers, mainly discussing themes. But um, so she, they end up getting it out and they're returning it to the sea. And as they're getting into the sea, Michael Shannon shows up and shoots both of them a handful of mm-hmm. times. Now we know the sea creature has healing abilities we've right. seen him heal I mean we don't know the extent of it no but he takes like two moment, bullets in the but... chest kind of yeah and then she gets shot in the stomach yeah. Eliza gets shot in the stomach um and so we're kind of like uh, and then they both he takes her into the water and I think it's I don't think this is even supposed to be ambiguous like maybe this isn't what happened I think it's pretty fair to say that this is just supposed to be that the, what actually happened is that she just becomes a fucking mermaid yeah pretty much yeah. Like, I don't think that's supposed to be, like, a dream or, you know, nah, not like a dream, but, you know, some sometimes, because, like, even, like, uh, Pan's Labyrinth, the ending's a little Pan's ambiguous. Pan's Labyrinth is super ambiguous. It's super ambiguous. It's pretty dark. Yeah. But this one, I don't think is supposed to be played quite no, that, I, I that don't similar think so. way, where it's not supposed to be ambiguous. I think it's supposed to be, yeah, that's what happened. Yeah, and I think it plays out the way that they show it. Yeah, which was nice, because I was very much, like you said, <laughs> seen a few Del Toro movies. Doesn't always go so great. But so, yeah, they live happily ever after as sea creatures. Yeah. Which is nice. And that shot, that I need that poster so bad. That final, <laughs> like, 10, 15 seconds before it fades to black, that mm-hmm. two, that wide shot with them, the silhouettes in the middle. I mean, it's on the, it's the, it's the every poster, it's every, yeah. I'm sure, it's but I want the wide frame poster, no text, no, like, movie name, just that. Ugh, I need it. <laughs> You know what's funny, though? As much as I really enjoyed it, I never got close to tears at any point. I welled up a little bit. I didn't. Um, around the end. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. I, I felt a lot of... I mean, I felt it, but it didn't hit me like... I don't know. Something about it didn't grab at my throat and make me go, Oh, God. I don't know. But I was also very concerned. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I want to talk about the fairy tale aspect real quick. Yeah, yeah. So, Pan's Labyrinth is a fairy tale. Uh-huh. Um, this is a little different. It's a, kind of a different take. Pan's Labyrinth is dark, but this is more adult. Yeah, this isn't particularly yeah. dark. I mean, there's some dark moments. Yeah, but not not like Pan's Labyrinth. But this Shape of Water is. A grown-up story mm-hmm. about grown-up things. Absolutely. 
And fairy tales, at their core, they're about transformation, mm-hmm. right? You transform by the end of the story. Um, and I, I liked the way that that came through in some of the characters, um, and the main characters, um, where you have Eliza, who starts out... She does. She's not unhappy. No, she's 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 perfectly content. Yeah. Um. But she's you know she's in her routine. She's in her routine and she's she's very lonely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and she's in her routine and she's not really breaking out of it. And it's not that she's discontent with it. Yeah. But you don't really get the feeling that there's going to be anything more for her Mm -hmm. on the horizon. Yeah. But throughout the story, she changes. Yeah. Right? Um, she breaks out of that routine. Yeah. Richard Jenkins' character, we yeah, talked about his, his trans... I cannot remember at no. all um, no. what his name was. And then another interesting... Marty? Marty? No. Um, I don't know why. Sorry. sorry. Another inter- <laughs> I'm sorry. I, just, yeah. um, another interesting transformation to me actually was the bad guy. Yeah. Yeah, um, 100%. I mean, he doesn't... It's not a change for the better. He gets worse no as it goes on but i i liked um how it was kind of i guess symbolized is the right word through his rotting fingers oh yeah nasty yeah symbolized the yeah it, well yeah it, it, it his yeah it showed his yeah, um internal his own and, internal decay yeah <laughs> uh towards uh his single mind towards i uh the goal at hand and and winning yeah and he says so many times he's like i don't lose i don't you know or not, not you know and I, I don't i don't fail or whatever like mm-hmm. he he's so dead set on succeeding that or and achieving his ends that it it yeah right no and i thought it was really clever because he transforms and yet he doesn't He's yeah. still the same character. Yeah, he's still the exact the same character, but yeah. he becomes more deranged, primal version of yes. himself. And when things don't transform in a fairy tale, they lose. Yeah. They get left behind. Yeah, yeah. he doesn't become more. He becomes less. He becomes, yeah. like I said, he's it, it, it stripped away um, literally piece by piece, <laughs> finger by finger, <laughs> down to his sort of core primal toxic masculinity uh the theme of the last couple episodes sort of self that sort of primal just rage machine mm-hmm. that he is uh pumped up on pain kill pain pain pills um, painkillers and weird 1960s candy I want to find that. I want to know what that I, is. I know. I, I was know trying to figure out. I was every time he it's has so a box big out, and green. I was like, what is it? Can it's I so figure out what it is? I'm wondering if it's not like a lime, similar to like a lemon head, but like limes. It yeah. almost looked like lime wedges or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I didn't recognize it. And I like candy. Yeah. Giles is the, her neighbor's name. Oh. Yeah. It's funnily enough. It's huh. Giles. The big Buffy fans that we are didn't remember that for some reason. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he was yeah, he was great and I, yeah, like you said it, it lots of transformation um literally by the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also thought it was a little convenient that for some reason when they cut out her voice box, they put they used three horizontal incisions instead of just one <laughs> vertical incision. <laughs> but, you know, little things. I also really like that there's um 
a mainstream, really popular movie that's getting um, a lot of award buzz um, that features sign language. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah. That was the other thing I wanted to talk about. Uh, uh, I almost said Zelda, which is Octavia Spencer's character. Um, Eliza's character. Not only is it uh, uh, the, the representation of uh, female sexuality in this movie, it's not only is it cool just for a woman in general in a movie, mm-hmm. in a mainstream like movie like this, but it, but specifically for a character like her, which I think yeah. I touched on a little bit, but somebody who... Yeah, she she only speaks in sign language. She's mute. She hasn't had yeah. a vocal box since she was. Um, and she sees herself as incomplete. She says it in the movie. Yeah, and and that's part of her transformation is realizing that she's not. And I like that she doesn't somehow magically. I'm really glad that they didn't oh, have her get her voice. That again. he didn't heal her and give her her <laughs> voice back, which yeah. would have been like, oh, come on now. Which I, yeah, I, of course Del Toro wouldn't do that. It's right, not. but she feels so incomplete. But. For a character that literally does not have a voice and that we see as very regimented and and put together to still be so connected to her sexuality. Yes. Is, I guess, what I'm trying to get at, I thought was different and refreshing, I guess, yeah. is the idea. Of um, like it, was, it was cool to me not to just have... A positive portrayal of female sexuality and female masturbation. Yeah. Both of which are pretty fucking super rare, rare. Super fucking rare. Um, especially in mainstream cinema. Oh, yeah. But to have that and to have her be someone who is differently abled. Yeah. Um, I agree. Which is it's a group of people that are often portrayed as sexless. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of what I was getting at. Yes. That, yeah. That's the idea that I was trying to convey and not doing well. Yes. <laughs> Yes, thank you. Last thing, we'll touch on it, just in case anybody's has heard rumor. I heard somebody talking about it at work today. Ethan was mentioned it. Uh, apparently, there's a short film that came out in 2015 mm-hmm. that is damn near identical to this. Really? Yes, um, and it is very strikingly similar. I watched it today. But uh, Del Toro has been working on this film since 2011. Uh-huh. Uh, he has... It's come up. It's been discussed. This movie was not ripped off from that short film from 2015. Mm-hmm. Del Toro's had this idea for 10 years or something like that. I was say, that's not enough time to do. No, and it's also not enough time. Off, and, and no, it's not. And, and, and it's, a very, it's a similar-ish visual style, but it's this movie is so... It, it's so quintessentially Del Toro, and yeah. it has been his style for so long. Yeah, that even though that movie kind, I think I would almost be more inclined to think that that movie had this. Which this story idea is not original. It's been no. done a bunch oh, no. of times. Even this like very similar story idea of a woman falling in love with a fish creature. It's, yeah. There's like several books that are like very similar to this from back in the day. There was like episodes of TV shows that have similar premises. This isn't like a Again, nothing Del Toro does really is that right. much. No, and I mean the the idea of being in love with a sea creature or marrying a sea creature. We can take that back to mythology. Right. We can take that back right. to selkies and mermaids right. and right. But this this particular, I, I I understand why people when this was pointed out because when you watch it, it is it's a lab. She's a cleaner. Mm-hmm. She finds a fishman in a tube that looks a very much a lot like this thing. And then breaks it out in a push cart and then <laughs> jumps into the ocean hmm. and then they lived happily ever after. <laughs> like it's it's beat for beat, sim very similar. 
Um, but yeah, it's it, he. They've been working on this long before. Yeah. And again, the visual style, like the similarities in that regard, is like it's del, this is just Del Toro style. Like yeah. he he's not cribbing this from anybody. I mean, he's cribbing it from everybody, but he's <laughs> it, it, making it very much his own. And that's yeah, well, that's how creativity works. Yeah, and, and again, Del Toro maybe more than most, um, but he does it his own way. Uh, very much puts his own spin on things. So I, I don't want to go too harsh on that, but I, he's a big fan of things. Yeah. Likes lots of things and he likes to make those things into his own movies. Um, but I think he always does it in a unique way. So anyways, I just if anybody had heard of that or, or I just wanted to touch on it briefly. Uh, the movie's called <sighs> Between Us Something Somewhere Between Us. Something Between Us. I can't remember. It's If you look up The Shape of Water uh, short film 2015, you'll find it. Okay. It's on YouTube. Um, I had not heard this. Yeah, I hadn't either. Uh, like I said, a friend at work today mentioned it, and I was like, oh, I'll check that out. Uh, yeah, looked into it, and it's been, I say debunked. It's not been debunked, but it's been explained that this is, it's not, he didn't steal this idea from that short film. So anyways, that's it. That's our thoughts on The Shape of Water. Holy cow, we talked about that for a long time, but I think it was a pretty interesting discussion. I think there's a lot of stuff to talk about with that movie. This may, we've said this before half a dozen times, but this may... Might have to end up being our first video list. <laughs> I feel like we could have a lot to write about on this one. Maybe. We'll, uh, if we ever get, a, get around to doing that. But uh, I think we have a, we, I think there's a lot we can talk about with yeah, this one. Yeah, definitely. And I think we have a, we're sort of rightly positioned mm-hmm. to, to actually have something to say about it. So anyways, look out for that, never. Um... <laughs> Until next time, guys, though, keep watching movies, keep reading books, especially go see The Shape of Water if it's still in the theater near you. If you haven't seen it, it's beautiful. You will not regret it. It's gorgeous, lovely, heartfelt piece of film.